Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. Welcome to episode 16 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. This is the second in our series on the Canberra Centennial Trail. In today's episode, we'll finish off our on-trail recordings, go through and review the trail, as well as discussing the things that I learned about myself as a hiker in undertaking this three-day, 145-kilometer hike. Today's episode recommences on the afternoon of the second day. It's 4.54. I've just arrived at the northern border campground um, where I'll be camping tonight. Um, Temperature-wise, it's reached at 33 degrees. Um, and I think it's probably about as much as it'll get. It's 5 to 5, so I don't think it's going to get any warmer than that now. All up, I've done 35.3 kilometres for the day. Uh, Average of 3.3 kilometres overall and 5.7 kilometres moving. So certainly with the hills and uh, uh, the hard compacted road, I've certainly I've really slowed down on today's leg. Um, interesting walk today. I mean, I realised that I had actually done um, some of the walks on the northern border. It would have been six years ago, six and a half years ago. Um, but it's, it's, I just didn't remember that I'd done it until I sort of thought, oh, yep, I've seen this, I've recognised this piece. But I haven't done a lot of it, so most of what I did today was fairly new. Um, the campground itself is quite good, it's very well set up. There's uh, two structures, one with a diagonal uh, piece across the middle, so it allows for two camping areas uh, with a roof over the top. And then there's some tables and chairs with a raised wooden platform. Um, so depending on what I feel like, I'll, um, I may even sleep on the wooden platform. Temperature-wise tonight, it's 15 degrees. It's not overly cold, so I'll probably end up just putting the, uh, the tent inner uh, just to keep the bugs off me more than anything else. Um, fairly tired today. Uh, I think... Uh, I think I've sort of reached my limit as far as what I can do uh, over a multi-day sort of period. I mean, yesterday was just on 58 kilometres, uh, and with today being 35, um, you know, it's a fairly, fairly large, uh, large distance. You know, 93, almost 94 kilometres. Um, so, um, one of my problems is I've got something embedded in my foot. Uh, which I, I knew I'd had it a while ago. It's either a piece of a sliver of glass or or a sliver of metal uh, when I was walking around barefoot when I shouldn't. Um, and certainly on the long walks is when it tends to play up. So I think I'm probably going to have to look at that because it does tend to create a, a wear spot on the bottom of my foot. Uh, but the rest of my feet are fine. Um, 
I'm just going to get myself have a have a little rest. Um, I'll uh, go and have a look at the toilet facilities, see what they're like. Um, make sure there is water before I get too carried away with drinking everything I've got. Uh, and I'll uh, uh, then I'll sort of cook dinner, probably around about six o'clock. It's 8.32, just lying in the tent, um, still still light, um, probably given another half hour and the, the sun will have gone down fully. It's pretty hot, it's still around about 26 degrees, so minimum tonight's due to be 14, and there is a bit of a breeze which is, is nice, so it's starting to cool things down a bit. Um, I'm lying in my tent without the uh, the the fly, uh, just the uh, inner tent itself. I'm actually underneath the uh, the shelter on the, the platform, so it's uh, um, no forecast rain at all. Um, and I've got a the platform's actually on the edge of the uh, uh, the shelter, so you can see uh, see sky out of one side of the uh, of the tent. So it'll be interesting to see what the, the stars are like. Uh, once the uh, the sun's gone down fully, had dinner, um, and uh, um, probably a bit like last night, where uh, it took me a little while to go to sleep. But once I did go to sleep, I just crashed. Uh, didn't didn't wake up until uh, um, it was time to get up this morning. So probably won't be as good good tonight. You know, first first night in a in a new place uh, or in a tent um, so I'll, uh, um, I will have a good sleep but it won't be as good as last night okay good night talk to you later now for those of you that have been listening to the rest of this episode as well as previous episodes that I've done on trail over the last few months it's probably fairly easy to hear the tiredness within my voice um, the two days hiking, mounting to roughly about 95-odd kilometres, uh, really did take it out of me physically, combined with the, the heat that, I've, that we'd had as well. Uh, and this is something that um, I'll talk about in future episodes. Quite often, the, the actual walking is not the real issue. It's a combination of things. It's the walking combined with the excessive heat that tends to have the impact on you physically. Um, if you listened... Uh, Keep, keep this in mind, listening to the very next recording, you can tell after a good night's sleep that I've recovered quite a lot. Uh, I'm a lot chirpier and a lot more awake uh, and, and sound a lot more vibrant as well. One thing I must mention about the Northern Campground, um, my background for those of you that may or may not be aware is in landscape architecture. Uh, and um, the Northern Campground is one of those structures that's been been built uh, using a commercially available product designed by landscape architects and designers. It's a very good-looking structure. Um, it, you know, it doesn't look like something cheap and nasty that's just been knocked up. But in the process of trying to make something look good, it also needs to be functional. So the camping platform that I slept on last night, instead of being rectangular, it was actually rhomboid shape. In other words... The rectangle was skewed. Trying to put a slightly longer than normal tent up onto a, uh, a, t- a platform that's not quite rectangular in shape was actually quite difficult. Uh, my tent 
wasn't quite squared up. Uh, I had to sort of erect it uh, on a slightly uh, irregular shape to actually get it to fit on the platform. Otherwise, the actual pegs themselves were, were sort of sitting off the edge of the platform themselves. So, as I said, good to have the design elements. Looks really wonderful, but it's also going to be functional as well. The other thing that surprised me with the Northern Campground as well was uh, according to the booking system, and you do need to actually book and pay for the use of the campground, I was supposed to be the only person camping there uh, this night. Uh, I was very surprised when a, um, a young uh, father and son came to camp uh, just as an overnight sort of thing, uh, obviously accessed the site, knew what was there, decided to camp, unaware that the, a booking and payment system was actually in place. Now, the idea of the booking system is apart, you know, the cost was fairly minimal. I think it was something along the lines of about 4 or $5. But it's more for to make sure that you don't get too many people camping on the one site at the one time. Uh, and it also provides an indication of how much use the site's actually getting as well. So, um, just as I said, it, there is a booking system. Uh, you need to go online and I'll put the link to that um, in the written article. It's uh, 18 past six, day three. Um, I've just gotten up, had breakfast, uh, packed. I'm just about ready to go as soon as I finish this recording. Had a reasonably good night's sleep, but um, um, for me it was probably too long. I tend to average just over six hours of sleep a night. Um, so I'd, I'd woken up around about 1.30, uh, wide awake. Uh, got up and went to the, went to the toilet. I uh, came back, lay there for about half an hour before going back to a fairly deep sleep again. Temperature got down to around about 14 degrees overnight, which was quite nice. Um, and it's still around about 14 and a half, 15 degrees now, according to the, the Bureau of Meteorology. So it's, it's quite pleasant. Uh, so looking forward to an early morning walk in this sort of temperatures. Feeling much better after yesterday's, yesterday's walk. I uh, had a bit of a start when I woke up this morning uh, at around about sort of uh, 4.30 I opened my eyes and there was a, a large huntsman spider about two inches from my face uh, and it took me a few seconds to work out that it was on the outside of the tent it was okay but it's a, it's a bit of a shock <laughs> so that well and truly woke me up um, I as I mentioned I did sleep in my um, my tent without the fly and I think that was a very good move there's a lot of mosquitoes around now uh, and there was a lot of mosquitoes buzzing around the tent last night so I think I would have been eaten if I had have just tried to to sleep in my sleeping bag and uh, and on the mat or cowboy camping as it's it's called in the States um, very peaceful very quiet one of the things that never ceases to amaze me is um, is people, I don't know, I don't know what it is, that people have to talk when they walk. And uh, I mean this is a, uh, apart from being part of the Centennial Trail, a lot of people walk this as part of a you know, two, three, four, five kilometre walk from uh, around the suburbs. And had a group of three people this morning coming down the hill and you could hear them from, from quite a way up the hill talking. Uh, walked past the other tent that was in the campsite, apologised for waking them up, but continued to keep on talking. <laughs> then they stood outside the toilet block and kept on talking. Um, now it is a campground, there are tents up, 
Um, it's probably a good indication you can you can stop talking for a little while. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but you know, it's 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 such a peaceful morning. It's such an enjoyable morning. The birds are the birds are out and and, and chirping. You can probably hear in the background. But cows and sheep around the area as well. Um, it's just nice to, to take it all in without having to actually say anything. Okay, I'll better head off. I'll talk to you later. Just having gone through and talked about cowboy camping, I think for me it's something, particularly in the areas that I tend to camp, that I'm never likely to go through and do. There are too many spiders, uh, too many mosquitoes, uh, ticks in many of the areas that I tend to go through and camp in. Uh, and I think having that uh, that bug protection at night time, particularly with, uh, without sort of... Uh, you know, being asleep and having things crawling over you, uh, f- for me, it's just one of those things that it's. I'd prefer to have the protection and not have to worry about things crawling over me or biting me. It's nine sixteen. I've been going just under three hours now, and I've just reached Hall. Um, Hall's a was a small rural town that used to be separate from Canberra, but with the growth of Canberra now, it's uh, it's pretty much joined up with it. Uh, but still with larger, larger rural type blocks. Currently it's 23 degrees. Um, I'm travelling at around about 4.4 kilometres per hour and I've done 12.49 kilometres. So I've got around about um, 36 kilometres left, approximately. Give or, I think might be a couple of, couple of kilometres extra on top of that. The walk from uh, the northern campground was probably one of the best parts of the whole trail so far. I think so far it's been the Malongai Valley um, coming through um, in the, the bush area down there as well as um, up here. Very different sort of bushland that I'm used to in around Canberra, very different uh, types of trees uh, and it was quite attractive. And then coming around the side of One Tree Hill, being able to look over the suburbs of uh, Ford and Bonner and, and those northern suburbs from a, a, a quite a big height was quite, quite, quite good. I didn't actually walk up One Tree Hill. Uh, I thought, no, nah, I've got Black Mountain to do today. Um, and it's, again, it's, it's going to be sort of 33 to 35 degrees today, so I want to sort of get a move on as far as I can. A lot of cyclists this morning uh, going both directions. A few runners, a uh, few walkers. So obviously between uh, Hall and uh, uh, One Tree Hill is... is uh, uh, oh, sorry, Hall, Hall walking up to One Tree Hill is quite a popular sort of ride. All right, I'm just having a bit of a break now, and then I'll head off. One thing that I need to mention here, this section from the northern campground to Hall, uh, approximately about 10 days after uh, I did this walk, the area was closed due to fire warnings. So if I had have done the trip a week or so later, I wouldn't have been able to complete the entire entire walk. So this is something that you need to go through and check uh, when you, if you are planning on doing this walk, and particularly this section, which is very much remote. Um, you can actually walk down into some of the northern suburbs of uh, of Gungahlin, uh, but really you sort of uh, you've got a long section without any access to uh, shops or facilities. So um, lots of long grass, uh, lots of bushland, not great access to get fire vehicles in there, which is one of the reasons that the section can actually be closed. 
One thing that did surprise me over this uh, this walk is at no stage at all did I see any snakes, which really surprised me considering the heat. I think that the fact that it had been so dry, the snakes were obviously trying to find water uh, and were obviously a bit closer probably to uh, residential areas than out in the bush itself. Um, apart from a lot of little lizards, little skinks, uh, I came across a shingleback lizard, um, actually sitting in the middle of the trail so I shoot it off before it got run over by a push bike but as I said it really even though I was very focused and keeping an eye out for snakes it did surprise me that I didn't see anything it's 10.55 just come to the William Slim um, uh, overpass or underpass uh, so just under walking underneath a, a main road um, and so to take a, a chance to have a bit of a break because it's a bit, a bit cool and shady here. Uh, I've been going since around about 20 past six this morning, so roughly four and a half hours. Um, it's 28 and a half degrees at the moment. Uh, forecast 35 degrees today, so it's still a bit of a way to go. I'm averaging about 4.3 kilometres per moment. Um, doing quite well. I meant to say the last post coming down from One Tree Hill, I sort of caught my foot and stumbled and then the process kicked myself in the shin and managed to bruise my shin so it's sort of a bit painful every so often but um, it's walkable so it's not a problem. Um, walked through Gold Creek uh, so shops and service station. So I just went in and got an ice cream at one of the service stations, but I could have had coffee or if it had been a bit later, I could have had lunch. So certainly coming back into Canberra now, you get access to the shops so you can actually shoot off uh, to where one of the local shops and pick, uh, pick some food up. I think the next shops that I've got really good access to is probably at Black Mountain Tower. Uh, and I'm not too sure whether I'll go up the tower or not. I may just stay, uh, stay down the base. But I'll, uh, I'll see how I go on that one. Um, it's going to be a long day today. I think um, um, potentially I've got another. Um, uh, I've done. What did I say? I've done uh, 19.2 kilometres. I'm looking at roughly around about 50 kilometres all up. And again, I'm not too sure with the the optional extras what that'll be, whether it's less or more, but. Um, so potentially I've got 31 kilometres to go um, and if I work on 4 kilometres per hour that's another 8 hours which will finish me at about 7 o'clock tonight um, being realistic though once I start going up Black Mountain that's going to slow me down a bit uh, and I will have an hour for lunch so that'll also slow down a bit as well so all things being given equal I'm going to finish sometime between about 7 o'clock and potentially 9 o'clock tonight um, and again, I'll see how see how I go with this heat. 35 degrees might just be a bit too much. Uh, and if it comes down to it, I'm not going to not going to try and kill myself in the process of finishing the walk. I may stop early and just go into another day just to finish off the last section. But I'll see how I go. It's 12:09. Uh, I've just stopped in the Belconnen Town Centre just to have some lunch. Um, so far I've gone 21, sorry, 24.19 kilometres and I'm averaging 4.2 kilometres an hour and that'll certainly drop while I sit here and having lunch. 
temperature just on 32 degrees. Uh, still got three degrees to go today. So as I said, I'll see how I go. Um, um, if I decide it's too hot, I may finish early and finish it off tomorrow. But I'll see what happens with it. Going okay so far. Actually came across some people I know. Uh, Jackie and Step, hi there. Uh, they're out for a morning walk. So um, normally don't expect to see people do it when you're doing these sort of things, but did this time. All right, well, I'll just keep on going. I'll finish my lunch. I've got... Um, this afternoon I've got uh, Black Mountain to do, which is going to be, uh, which will slow me down slightly, uh, but at least I'll be in the trees. It's 1.52 in the afternoon. I'm just taking a rest uh, in an underpass where it's nice and cool before I head on. Uh, I've just come through from Belconnen through the Australian Institute of Sport, and I found that really interesting because I think Whoever was designing the track decided they'd have a bit of fun because you weave all through various bits of the Australian Institute of Sport, so you get a good tour of the place. Um, so far I'm averaging 4.1 kilometres an hour, uh, uh, including rests, and I've been travelling for 7 hours and 23 minutes. So getting there, uh, realistically I've got about another 20 kilometres to go, I estimate, so that's about another 6 hours. Having said that, in a little while I'm about to start going up Black Mountain and that will slow my pace down a bit. Um, that's the biggest, biggest hill uh, for today or the biggest mountain for today. Temperature wise, we're just on um, 32 degrees. Uh, it is fairly warm. Uh, I'm coping well with it so far. Uh, I certainly have had a lot of water today, including uh, just about full bladder uh, in the uh, uh, water bladder. Um, once I consume that, I will have, uh, will have drunk about eight litres today. Um, so every opportunity I get, I'm topping up the water just in case. Um, um, I found on uh, the first day, I didn't top up. I had an opportunity, but I didn't top up enough, uh, which means I had to uh, go into someone's backyard to get some water. Um, hopefully, should be able to finish through today. I mean, at the moment, it's okay. As I said, you know, it's supposed to be 30, 35 degrees today and I'll see what happens with that. If it starts getting there and above, I may pull the pin uh, and finish off tomorrow, uh, but I'll see how it goes. So far, everything's going okay. It's 3.23. Um, I've just gone up uh, Tilstra Tower, up to the viewing platform and taken some photos, had a drink, had an ice cream. And I thought, while it's nice and cool, I'll just do another recording. Temperature outside at the moment is 3.35. So the temperature outside at the moment is 33.5 degrees. So it's edging towards the, the 35 now. The Weather Bureau is saying 36 degree maximum. One of the things um, that was worthwhile going up to the tower, I've been up here many times before, but it gave me an opportunity to see where I'd been pretty much on the whole walk. So where I started, uh, right the way to the bottom, very southern point, uh, uh, going up Mount Majura and Mount Ainsley, uh, and then the, uh, the northern ranges, uh, Oak Hill, uh, and over towards the northern campground. So it gives you an opportunity to see pretty much the whole track and see how far you've actually come. Distance-wise today, I've done about 35 kilometres, just a bit over. 
and including my brakes, including this brake here, I'm averaging 3.9 kilometres per hour. And my moving average is around about 6 kilometres per hour. So once I get out here, um, I've got one more small hill to do, uh, but nothing like this, so I should start picking back my average to at 4 kilometres an hour. I estimate that I've got 14, 12, 12 to 15 kilometres left, um, and unless the temperature becomes really bad, I'll, uh, I'll looks like I'll finish this evening, uh, particularly when you sort of see over towards the Arboretum, which is my next stop, uh, and then down towards virtually where I started, I can actually see that, and it gives me some sort of sense of how far I've got to go. So again, that's another good reason for coming up here. It actually gives you a good indication of, of the distance left. Okay, I'll keep on going. I think by this stage, um, the heat certainly was affecting me. Not as bad as I thought it was. Um, I was actually able to, to cope with the temperatures reasonably well. I wouldn't have wanted it to get, to get too much hotter. Uh, and I knew that I was about to head into some, into some forested areas. So it was going to start cooling down and, and give me a bit of shade and shelter. I had drunk quite a lot of water. And in fact, by the end of the day, I would have actually consumed just a bit over 8.1 litres of water. Um, but it's uh, it was the sort of thing by this stage... By the time that I'd gotten up Black Mountain uh, and being able to see uh, see where I was heading towards, uh, and then you know the next step was looking from the arboretum, it 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 was I could see the end in sight, and uh, I thought Lord, I'll just keep on going. I was physically quite comfortable, uh, although be a, a very very tired, uh, and I knew that I was going to finish at this stage um, on that day. It's six oh six p.m. I've got about. Uh, just under 10 kilometres to go, so probably another two and a half hours. Um, I could always wait until tomorrow to finish off, but but I may as well just get it out of the way. Um, means I can have a good sleep in in the morning, because it's going to be about 37 tomorrow. Currently 34, got to about 35 and a half. Uh, it wasn't too bad because I was walking through some of the forested area of the Arboretum. So I've just come up to the, um, the village in the Arboretum. Uh, which is closed, but I managed to just top up my water, so I've got enough water to carry me through to the end. Feeling okay. Uh, I'm definitely tired and I'll sleep well tonight, um, but I'll press on. It's 7.39. I finally finished. I made it back to where I started. It took me just a little over 13 hours, um, so I was probably travelling at around about 4 kilometres an hour. Um, it was a hard day as far as temperature. Uh, it got up to 35 degrees. Uh, I'm just glad it's not the 37 that, that it is tomorrow. So three days to do the Centennial Trail. I won't talk about it, it anymore. I'll, uh, I'll get, provide more information when I do the podcast. Uh, I just need a bit of a rest and I need some food. Talk to you later. You can uh, hear from that last comment that I made that I was pretty much had it by the end of the uh, the third day, and uh, uh, it worked out that I ended up uh, travelling just on fifty one kilometres for that last day, uh, and as I said, um, all up one hundred and forty five kilometres over the three days. The um, I suppose the the two things what I want to go through and do now is just to finish off um, uh, and do a, a final review of the trail itself and then to look at what I learned about myself as a hiker on this trip. 
In relation to the Centennial Trail, I'll be honest, I enjoyed doing it. I'm glad I did it. Uh, but would I do it again? I don't know. I, may, I might, but it wouldn't certainly be as a three-day trip. Uh, and I think realistically, I think the shortcoming of the, the actual trail itself is it needs more campsites. If this is going to be promoted as a uh, as a Canberra's premier hiking trail, um, uh, realistically, it probably needs, uh, it may not need a campsite every, say, 20 kilometres, but it probably needs at least another three or four campsites uh, to actually make it a, a viable camping option rather than be, to be able to do it just as a second hike and being picked up. As mentioned in the previous episode, this was designed as a dual walking and cycling trail, uh, but realistically, it's probably more of a cycling trail. I've lived in Canberra for much of my life, uh, and I certainly saw parts of Canberra or that I hadn't seen before, and I saw parts of Canberra that while I was quite uh, had interacted with quite regularly, I hadn't seen them from this perspective or this angle. So in that respect, it was definitely worthwhile doing. Uh, as I said, it was it's a, definitely a hike that's worthwhile doing, um, but it was um, it wasn't that spectacular in relation to say the Lara Pinta Trail or the Overland Trail, which I'd gone through and completed by the time I recorded this podcast. So yes, definitely worthwhile looking at, but my recommendation probably would be as a section hike more than anything else. I'll go through and do a full write-up of this uh, this trip uh, as, a, as a written online article, which will have photos, uh, uh, resource uh, details, uh, as well as um, uh, much more information than I've been able to put through in this podcast. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, one of the reasons that I'd gone through and planned to do this as a three-day hike was to sort of learn about my abilities and what I was capable of. And this is aimed specifically at a 1,000-kilometer-plus hike that I'm planning on doing next year. I needed to know what I was capable of as a maximum, and certainly having done a 58.8-kilometer day, I know that I'm capable of doing that sort of walk. But I, having done similar sorts of walks in the past, I needed to know that I could actually back this trip up or back this day up with continual hiking day after day. And while this was only a three-day trip, it gave me a good indication of what I was actually capable of. So from my perspective, I learned a number of things about myself and my abilities. I'm certainly capable of doing long distances, uh, and doing 50-odd kilometres in a day is not, a, not an impossibility for me. I'm certainly capable of backing the, the distances up day after day. I think for me that what I was actually aiming of was to see that I could actually do 32-kilometre days day after day, and certainly this trip has shown me that I'm capable of doing that. Things that I learned from this trip and my previous Mount Bimbury trip before Christmas is to go through and eat regularly, and I've managed to get myself into a habit over the Mount Bimbury and the Centennial Trail walk where I'm eating small snacks on an hourly basis. So at no stage during this walk did I ever run out of any, out of any energy. I realised that I needed to be, to top up with water every opportunity that I got. As I mentioned, on the third day where it was getting into the high 30, 30 degrees Celsius temperatures, I did consume over eight litres of water. Um, I didn't have a, I didn't actually get overheated at any stage. Uh, I wasn't having excessive bathroom breaks. I wasn't sweating excessively as well. So 
topping up with water, uh, particularly in some of the areas where you know there, are, there isn't going to be water, uh, is worthwhile definitely keeping up with. Walking speed, it's given me good indication over a three-day period what my walking speeds are capable of. And certainly the less weight uh, that I carry, the faster that I can walk. I'd done approximately a third of this trail last year as part of the Canberra two-day walk, uh, 42 kilometres. And I know on that walk I was capable of walking at six six kilometres per hour as a pace. But with a fully loaded pack, certainly that weight slows down. And this is part of my reasoning behind heading towards becoming an ultralight hiker. Not that I can necessarily walk faster, but it gives me the ability to walk longer distances at a more comfortable pace. One thing that I was very much aware of, I I do engage in a lot of physical activity. I am aware of what my body's limits tend to be. And I do know that I do need to stretch and roll out the muscles and the kinks that I have. And on these three trips, certainly at the end of the first day, I did go through and stretch and roll, but I didn't on the second day. Uh, And again, even though I was aware that I needed to do this, I just didn't. So knowing something and actually doing it tend to be two different things. Um, Specifically in relation to this trail, uh, being conscious of uh, fire, fire danger and whether there's any total fire bans, Uh, As I said, there are sections of this trail that are closed when there's potential fire bans. One thing that I had been aware of from the Larapinta Trail last year is the distances in themselves isn't specifically the issue. It's the distance combined with the track conditions as well as the actual temperature environmental conditions. So walking on concrete and bitumen, walking on very heavily compressed crushed granite fire trails um, certainly did take it out of me more than say my 54 kilometer Mount Bimbury trip last year uh, uh, which I did after a period of rainfall where the track was a lot softer and was certainly nowhere near as hard on the on the body so it's the heat for me that tends to slow me down and I must admit I do like walking in hotter environments rather than cold environments Uh, But, I mean, I must admit, as I said earlier on in the first episode, I would have preferred to do this walk in a cooler time of the year. But really, uh, with what I have planned over the next couple of years, I had a limited capacity to go through and do this, and this was the ideal time. Now, as I said, uh, this was very much a training exercise for me, as well as being able to do the trip itself. uh, And... The information that I've actually gained out of this trip um, has actually allowed me or will allow me to go through and plan my big hike for next year. Um, as mentioned, this is this trip's designed as a seven-day hike, uh, and to do it in three days is really can only be described as extreme. Uh, but it was, as I said, it was designed as a training exercise for me to determine my abilities. All right, I hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to this uh, series of recordings over these two episodes, um, and it's provided a bit more information on the Centennial Trail, particularly for those people living in Canberra that may be looking at going through and doing this. Uh, as I said, the uh, written article on this will be up online by the time this podcast goes to air, uh, which will have a lot of photos a, uh, a lot more information as far as resources for the trail 
that will hopefully help through uh, go through and help you um, look at this trail and decide whether it's something you may want to go through and do. Okay, that's all for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed this review and discussion on the Canberra Centennial Trail. Our next podcast will be our regular fortnightly podcast, and the next topic will be on solo hiking. And this will go through and match up with episode 11 when we discussed why couples hike. Now, this episode can be downloaded from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or from our website. And if you have the opportunity, can you go through and please provide a review for us to help us get the message out there? That's all for today. Bye for now.